0: The Lord be with you. And And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to your Lord.
0: Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, Not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill And whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to brother Raga will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says you fool will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift." Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise your opponent will hand you over to the judge and the judge will hand you over to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow." But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Know, so I'm tempted to ask whether or not the passage is read with enough vim and vigor. You know, it's like, this is a, this is a, a big one. I mean, this is um, really significant stuff here. And, you know, I don't know, you, you don't get to see the, um, the little... Um, Paragraph breaks that I get to see in between the thing, but there are a bunch of them today. You know what that means? There's a bunch of homilies. There's a bunch of homilies. More than a bunch even Um, it's uh, And I, I don't know we could we could spend A lot of time Probably almost every line in this gospel passage, right? It's one of those. So what am I saying to begin with? We have to work with the gospel passage like we we need to work with this, we, go, we need to hear Jesus, and we know that. This, I mean, this is um, really the centerpiece of, of His life's teaching. We're, we're getting into the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. We have to spend time with the gospel. Yeah, we have to we have to spend time with it because I, just one reading is not is not going to do. Doesn't matter how well I can proclaim that gospel. One reading is not going to do. It has to go. It has to go down deep in us. Right, and always we know the first reading is at least a little bit superficial. It may, and maybe it's not superficial, it's already going down deep. The next one will go down deeper. We spend our whole lives with the teaching of Jesus, and there's still more for us to uncover. So what, I'm, not, I'm not looking to exhaust the, the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount here, in, in, my, in my own preaching. Right? It would be a fool's errand. But what I'd like to do is give, give something of substance such that your future readings of the Scripture and your future encounters with Jesus in the Gospel are all the more fruitful as a, as a result. So it's, it's significant enough, it's significant for us to put this uh, in its proper context and say, okay, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and we know what's come before because we've been in this section of the Gospel of, of Matthew for a couple of weeks now. So we know that this is this is mission statement stuff from Jesus, right? This is like this is the, this is the the condensed teaching of his entire life. it's It's being distilled and given to us here in these few short chapters, chapters five through seven of Matthew's Gospel. And so so we're we're ready to we're ready to pay attention to it, but we ha- we can't lose sight of the fact that Jesus is doing that work with his disciples. So I said a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching, the Beatitudes, and actually didn't preach on the Beatitudes, (laughs) I said, said, Jesus is doing this mission statement work. He said, you have been called, right, to persevere in the life of great love. Yeah, in fact, I I frame it a little bit differently. What is our task as Christians? Our task as Christians is to persevere in the task of great and costly love that we have been called to. We see that here as well. Jesus has summoned these people to himself, They've come at his call. It's significant because here he's forming a people anew. Right, we know that Israel was always meant to play that role in God's plan to bring restoration to all of his creation. That a renewed people will be able to get about the work of renewing the world and restoring the world. Here, this this is the renewal agenda. It's unfolding in front of our eyes. Right, and it's ours to pay, it's ours to pay close attention to it. Okay, the, what, you can get that if you want. <laughs> you know, whatever, you, whatever you want. Uh, this is actually the least important part of the mess, so you, you might want to take care of that. The, so look, this is it. Jesus is driving to the heart of the matter. Okay, okay now, I've, I've, gone, I've, I've given you the intro, right? What comes next, for those of you who, who watch YouTube as much as I do? The commercial. Right? Yeah, okay, so, the commercial. Unless you're paying, who's paying for YouTube? Anyway, so, (laughs) the commercial. The commercial is this. A lot of this stuff, actually, uh, and he tacks more along with the Gospel of Mark, but a lot of this stuff actually appears in the third season of The Chosen. Yeah? Is anyone sick of me talking about The Chosen yet? Yeah, no, because you watch it, probably. But people will say yes if they haven't, because you should. Anyway. Jesus there, again, drives to the heart of the matter. I, let, I'll give my, I'll give my, um, my ad, my, my endorsement for The Chosen. The, the, the third season is something like eight episodes, right? Something like six of them, give or take, I have cried at, right? I have wept bitterly at six or so, <laughs> it's probably seven, <laughs> might be eight, it might be eight uh, of, the, of six, six or so of those episodes. Why? Because the work that Jesus intends to accomplish here, driving to the heart of the matter, actually I find the chosen to be a pretty useful tool for me there, to speak to my heart, right? to, affect, to affect in me. That's fine. We're, all, we're off to a running start already this morning. To, to affect in me the renewal that I know God wants to work in me. Okay, so that's, anyway, that's the endorsement. I'll come back to, I'll come back to the scripture, okay? There, there are a lot of commands in this, in this passage. And one I have to say, okay, we're looking at not simply commands, we're looking at the divine lawgiver. I think that we, we don't grasp how significant some of this stuff is, what, what Jesus is saying and how he's saying it, right? Because he says, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, does anybody, can anybody identify where these little clips of, of passages are that Jesus is saying? You have heard that it was said? What is, where are they coming from? I mean, they're coming from places like the Ten Commandments. They're coming from the law, the God-given law. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, what is he doing? This is, this is more than a, like a, a little reinterpretation. He is the divine lawgiver. And a faithful Jew would recognize that and realize how dangerous this situation is. He's putting himself on a level with God. And he's teaching with the authority of God. You've heard that it was said, okay, but I say to you. Now we could say, we could look through the prism of saying, okay, well, these these moral commands that the divine lawgiver is is, uh, issuing to us or, or turning the crank on the moral law, right? Because, he, because he, gets, he gets more serious on each of those passages. And he goes down deeper. In fact, I'd say, right, this is, this is the, the authentic interpretation of what the law is. And again, he's driving to the heart of the matter. Guess what? It's not good enough for you to not kill someone. This is a good lesson. Let's kind of hang out here for a little bit, right? It's like... Yeah, how many confessions am I going to hear right hear, You know, Father, I've done some things, you know. like I, I haven't, haven't killed anybody, but, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, is that the standard for us? No, as Jesus is called people, as his chosen people, the people who are in the process of being renewed by God so as to restore his creation, it's not good enough for you to not kill people. Okay, so I don't know if you have—I don't know who needs to hear that. <laughs> like, uh, as we go into as we to bed tonight, doing our exam and prayer, and it comes up, oh, you know, I, I I lived a pretty good day. I didn't kill anybody, you know. <laughs> like, okay, good for you. Okay, like I don't, <laughs> we're not going to go down the we're not going to go in the other direction there. Good for you. Didn't kill anybody, but there's much more, right? Whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Mm. that's tough. That's tough. Whoever is angry with his brother. And look how, he go, look how he goes, right? How Jesus goes here. Whoever is angry with his brother, liable to judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to Zanhedrin. Whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Okay, what is Gehenna? Gehenna is the, the smoldering garbage dump on the outside of the city. Right, it's just, it's just, it's far enough outside that like, you know, keep that smoldering garbage out there. The smell doesn't, you know, waft your way all that often. But that's what that is. If your anger goes unchecked, you will become a smoldering pile of garbage. Yeah, I know, I didn't really call it anymore garbage. I know, it's a a tough word for the kids around. But it's, it's not that way, it's to say, you will be consumed by your anger. And guess what? You will have lost your light, and your salt would have lost its flavor. You will not be a salt and- light disciple of Christ Jesus if you allow your anger to go unchecked. Oh, but I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. hey, yeah.,. OK, great. Yeah, but you did but did you let your light shine? Did you let God's light shine? You've been called for a purpose. You've been called to restore creation. It's not good enough you didn't kill anybody. You can't can't allow anger to fester at all. You know this. I'm gonna sit on the point, right? You you can't allow this to happen. I get it, right, what is anger? Anger is our response to a perceived injustice, okay? Great, anger gives you the power to rectify injustice, but you're dwelling in that space of anger is not serving anybody and is probably not rectifying that injustice. It's, It's dragging you down instead of pulling the world up, which is, which is why God gave you that little taste of anger to begin with. He didn't give it to you to dwell in it and to brood, right? And to start to think worse of this person, that person, the other person. No, you're called to raise God's fallen world by and with his love. You have to, we have, we're going to have to overcome ourselves here. Right? This, is, this is the passage. This is the renewal that God is affecting in us. And it's, a, and it's a renewal from the inside out. It's also a renewal from the outside in, right? Because it's, it does come with its own kind of moral standards. We, we, ha- we have to look at it and say, okay, well, fine, there are, there are ways that the anger inside is being expressed, and I can't express it, even if I'm feeling it. But no, God wants to go to the heart. I want to come back to, I want to, come back to that as well. But here, he, and Jesus gives this great, this great example right? If you bring your gift to the altar and never call that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar and go back and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. He's talking to people in Galilee. It's a three-day journey. It's a three-day darn difficult journey. And they go there in order to offer the gift, right? In order to offer the gift at the altar, they've gone there. They've made a three-day journey they've paid what they need to get the animal to go and offer in sacrifice and you go into the altar and you remember that you have a grievance with your brother leave it there and go home what is he saying here about worship and our and our and our social and relational lives we can't we cannot say that we're worshiping god if we if we refuse to be reconciled with our brother because we're not worshiping God at that point. At least we're not worshiping the true and living God who has revealed himself to us in Christ Jesus, worshiping some other God, whatever that God is. But our God, as the God of holiness and justice, is calling us to bring his kingdom to bear in the world, and we're going to do it by prayer and by love. And there can't be places in our hearts and lives where we simply refuse to do what he has tasked us with doing. And that's the chat, you see, but, but listen, I'm listen, can I listen to myself, right? I listen to myself, and I've just made that into a real, a real steep moral demand. I don't wanna do that, I'm not doing that today. Because the reality is, my friends, you are broken. You're wounded, right? You're broken, at the heart. That's why I'm crying in, in six out of eight or more <laughs> episodes of The Chosen because I'm broken. And I know that Jesus has called me to a life of great and costly love, and I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I don't have the strength. I'm I'm too weak along every line, right? On, On every standard, I'm falling short. I know it. And there he is. Calling me. Right? Get up and go. Let's go. Let's go. I get it. Let's go. And he's he's healing me at the heart. He's restoring me. Right? Right in the inside. And when I when I feel that, yeah, and when I'm when I'm focused on him, get my get my eyes trained on him, get my heart trained on him, I can do anything. I say I can do anything. He can do anything through me, even through me. Even through me, he can do anything. He can conquer anger. He can conquer lust. He can conquer lies, the rest. I just have to keep my heart and my mind focused on him, trained on him. He will, he will achieve the impossible in me, and he will work it through me for his world. Yeah. So look, there are a lot of there. Like I said, there are a lot of steep challenges here, my friends. These are not these these are not steep challenges for a people outside of renewal. These are these are not these are not. It's impossible. It's impossible to live this way without Christ Jesus at the head. And in order to have these these works be accomplished in me, I have to be in close personal relationship with Jesus. There is, there is no way around it. Because it's the light of God that we're bringing to bear in the world. Right? We, we have the quality of salt to prevent his world from going bad because he, because he breathes it into us every day. Because he enlivens our hearts. And he makes us capable of of doing exactly what he has done, which is li- living that life of great and costly love every moment of every day. My friends, yes, these are, de- these are the demands, and there are more, and they're steep, and they're impossible for us to achieve without Jesus. But the good news is, my friends, that he, he's not simply imposing these rules on us as ratcheted up moral demands. He has pioneered this way, and now by breathing his life into us, by sustaining us with his own body and blood, he is making this way possible for us as well.